Welcome, everyone, to the Pearls of Biblical Wisdom podcast ministry. The hymn that was just played here to begin our podcast is Like a River Glorious. I'd like to read the words to that hymn. Every joy or trial falleth from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. That would be Jesus Christ, the Son. We may trust him fully, all for us to do. They who trust him, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, holy, find him wholly true. Uh, we want to have Ben Cook and Austin Nice share a few thoughts with you, I'll give a little uh, background about themselves. They're joining me here today and doing this podcast about trials, and our goal is to have God's understanding or God's perspective as to our trials and mm. not lean on our own understanding. Mm. So just keep that in mind as we go through these points. We're trying to have the mind of Jesus Christ, the perspective of Jesus Christ thinking and not our own thinking. And so both of these fellows are deacons at Greenville Christian Fellowship Church here in Greenville, South Carolina. And we were having a meeting about two months ago and we got to talking uh, I was talking about trials because I had been doing a Tuesday night Bible study on it. And I felt led that both of these men could join me in a podcast because we were having such a good discussion that morning about trials. So that's how this was uh, put together by God from my perspective. Hmm. So Ben and Austin, welcome. And Ben, uh, we'll start with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then Austin, you do the same. Oh, thank you, Dad. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously I'm Ben Cook, uh, Pastor Cook's son here, uh, came in to Greenville when I was about three years old and grew up at Greenville Christian Fellowship with Austin, actually. Austin and I, uh, and I were did a lot of things together through the homeschool uh, curriculum that we did together and helped each other out through different uh, activities such as baseball we played together and we did orchestra and uh, different opportunities like that together so it's been it's been really neat to see how uh, the lord's kind of put us together and sharpened each other uh, when we're talking about these trials you know we've actually kind of gone through some of the uh some of these things together and kind of given each other a boost when we needed it and mm-hmm. also uh, laid out some some things that you know one of us or the other has gone through before uh throughout the many years even now as we both kind of enter uh fatherhood and and what have you that Austin's uh, given me a lot of tips and tricks as we start out this new journey. So, um, but yeah, I'll let Austin introduce himself here. Okay, Austin. Thanks, ahead. thanks, Ben. Yeah, my name is Austin Nye. I'm 30 years old, born and raised here in Greenville, South Carolina. Actually, I've I've been going to Greenville Christian Fellowship for most of my life. It took a little took a little break when I was about 17 to 20, but uh, have since come back to the fellowship, and uh, it's really a, a fantastic body of believers. But yeah, I have known Ben for, for most of my life. He's been a, a great friend of mine. I've been able to walk through so many different chapters of life with him. As he mentioned, we did grow up in the homeschool community here and played baseball together. Although it's interesting, I don't think we ever played on the same team. Which that, always, that always added a, a fun dynamic when we ran into each other on, uh, on Sunday morning. So, um, But yeah, the, he's, he's been a great friend and I consider it an honor to, to call him my friend. Um, and then as far as my family life goes, I have a, a wife, uh, Stephanie, and two two young boys, three and one. Connor has three, and Winston uh, just turned one here recently. So mm. they're such a blessing, and they have definitely mm. 
taught me so many different lessons, mm-hmm. countless lessons over these brief couple of years. And you know, even as I just said, I'm 30 years old. That feels so unnatural and weird to say. Where's where is the time gone? <laughs> right. So, God is good, and uh, we're thankful to be here and and look over some of these truths this morning. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, you got to say something about Ben Jr. Right, yeah, got uh, my first little one here, uh, 16 days old now here, so <laughs> and in some sense, I'm just glad to be here this morning, you know. Exactly. Right. Well, but, you talk about trials in the middle of the night, mm, you've been having some trials. Amen, <laughs> amen, teaching me a lot and giving me even opportunity to even consider some of what our source material today is in the middle of the night that I wouldn't have uh, exactly. had a chance otherwise, so... He's been a blessing already, uh, even in the middle of some of the quote-unquote trials of uh, just the patient endurance with feeding him in the middle of the night and trying right. to figure out right. what he needs and yeah. everything else. Yeah, I, I wanted Ben to share that because we're trusting God to speak from our heart to your heart. Mm. We don't want this to be a theoretical impact. We want it to be a spiritual impact heart to heart Mm -hmm. communication trials are challenging for all of us Mm -hmm. all three of us are a work in progress you know we don't perfectly respond to trials like we should but uh, we're going to try to share some of the things that we've learned along the life's pathway so we're going to read the scripture that we're basing this podcast on Uh, ben you'll read starting now with verse one and then uh, also pick up at verse five and then i'll read verse eight My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and enter, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. May God bless his word so that faith springs up through this podcast in our hearts, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God and all that we want to share, uh, it's going to be based on God's Word. So we're trusting God that we would understand how to respond to trials by faith Mm. through Jesus Christ and having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the author and finisher of our faith. So there's no way we can respond in trials, uh, respond to trials with faith unless we have Christ, unless Mm. we know Jesus Christ, unless He's living inside of us. So we're going to start out with the certainty of trials. Austin, uh, tell us about the certainty of trials. Sure. Uh, so we'll look back at James 1, verse 2. Just consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. One key thing I think is important for us to be able to, to reflect on with this verse, uh, two things really, is that the first part is consider it pure joy. I don't know about you, but whenever I encounter a trial, the it's it's not a natural reaction to to encounter that head on with joy. Usually, it's why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. I don't like this. I want it to be different. I think it's a challenge to us to encounter these things as they arise with pure joy. It's itself challenge to me because it's it's something I'm admittedly not it's not natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think 
something that is also important to consider with this verse is the second part where it says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, it doesn't say if you face trials. It is inevitable that we will face trials for sure, undoubtedly, and not just a specific small set of trials. It's of many kinds. So we're going to encounter and and walk through different things through life that God places in our life. These are going to be emotional, relational, spiritual, financial, physical, all kinds of different trials, and they can range in degree. They can be small things and they can be completely they can turn our table upside down as it were no matter how small or large the trial the the main thing we need to really consider is just to consider it all joy or pure joy Mm. as we come across these Mm. the certainty of trials in john 16 what the lord jesus said about this he said these things i have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. So to have peace in the midst of trials or to have peace in the midst of a dark world, a corrupt world, a sinful world, we have to have faith in Jesus Christ. He said, in me you will have peace. And then he said these these words, in the world you will have tribulation. Like Austin just explained, it's a certainty. It's an absolute certainty. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So Jesus Christ in his humanity faced trials. He faced temptations. And he never one time gave in to a sin. He never one time had bitterness about trials or anger about trials. He's the only man in humanity. He was the God-man, fully God and fully man. He's the only one that has ever perfectly allowed the righteousness of God and the holiness of God to be expressed. The rest of us are a work in progress on that. Mm -hmm. We're developing the righteousness of God and the holiness of God through Jesus Christ. When we respond through Jesus Christ's life within us, the righteousness of God and the holiness of God can be made manifest and not the sin within us and not the selfishness within us. So there's no greater resource of provision in responding to trials properly than the life of Jesus Christ. It's Christ in us, the Bible says. When you believe on Jesus Christ for salvation, you receive him. That's what Jesus said in John 1, 12. As many as receive him, they become sons of God. And you acknowledge your sin. You acknowledge only Jesus Christ can save you from your sin. And then he resides in us. We have the life of Jesus Christ within us. So it's not us trying to do something for God to be righteous. We're allowing Jesus Christ through us to provide that righteousness, whether it's a response to trial or a response to sin. So if there's anybody listening to this uh, podcast about trials, we'd encourage you to consider, uh, do you truly know salvation through uh, Jesus Christ? And Mm. if you want to understand that, you could read the Gospel of John Mm. in the Bible. There's so much in the Gospel of John about understanding salvation through Christ. And then I want to just make a note here in James. There's a difference between a trial and a temptation. 
In James chapter 1, it begins with talking about trials. If you look at the ESV translation, it actually translates verse 2 with the word trials. The King James translates it uh, as tribulations. But when you get to verse 13 is where temptation comes in. So we just want you to understand in James, uh, there's a difference in context between trials and temptations. We're, we're speaking to the trials part of it today. So Austin, joy and trials. Uh, it says in James 1, count it all joy. So what do you see there about this joy? It's a matter of perspective, really. We look at Romans 5.3, which says, not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. Trials are often often a matter of, of perspective. What we can do is face these trials head on, and if we can acknowledge the trial is happening, make a conscious decision by the Holy Spirit to and to go either the path of, we have a decision to make, either the path of joy or to, to wallow in self-pity and and dreariness, and it, it will make a, a huge difference if we're able to really count it all joy. I'm reminded of a, it's a kind of a silly example, but there's an old uh, old country group, the Carter family, uh, the wife of Johnny Cash, her family had a, a group, and they had a song that was called uh, Keep on the Sunny Side. Just a, a couple verses here uh, from that song that just kind of, I, I think about from time to time, and it's, a, it's nice to reflect on, um, encouraging. Oh, the storm and its fury broke today, crushing hopes that I cherish so dear. Storms and clouds will then time pass away, and the sun again will shine bright and clear. Keep on the sunny side. Always keep on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. Really, our sunny side is Christ Jesus. We, mm-hmm. we can reflect on, on Christ Jesus and stay centered in the fact that he has put that trial in our life for a reason. And I think that's just a, it's an important perspective to keep in mind and keep at the forefront of our mind as we go through these things in life and they pop up. Amen. And I was just really thinking on this point uh, a couple of days ago when we were um, just thinking about having this podcast together. When it talks about the joy here, um, Mm. day three or four of Little Ben Jr.'s life, we had one of those nights, you know, you know, third, fourth night in a row where we, you know, couldn't get him to sleep and I was exhausted and it was a really hard night and I was tempted at that point to say, hey, you know, why am I doing this? You know, let Eva deal with this, what have you. Hmm. Um, the trial there is just, you know, lack of sleep and the emotional impact that that brings to you. But the reason that we were going through this, you might call it a trial of just raising a little one in the hmm. start of that is that the joy is that you get to invest into this one's life. Mm -hmm. I get the opportunity to share the Lord with him, show him the statutes of the Lord, the character of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And the beginning side of that Mm -hmm. is learning to die to self Mm -hmm. and to trust the Lord for the strength that I need during these moments so that way the joy really can spring forth. And that's how he's put it out here. He's even given us examples in his own life when he's exhausted when he'd been talking to thousands and just wanted a few moments in the boat to rest Mm. so we're not the only ones that uh, have sleep deprivation problems (laughs) (laughs) okay i want to mention something here about trials and the eternal essence of the matter trials and the eternal essence of the matter amy carmichael 
said this, the eternal essence of a matter, that is a circumstance in our life, is not what happens to us, but how do we respond to what happens to us? Ben just gave a great illustration of it. I want to give the illustration of plumbing and a new house. And let's say the plumber's done all the connections with his glue and all the connections have been made and now they're going to turn the water pressure on in the new house and let's say a a leak occurs in one of those connections well the pressure of the water didn't produce the leak the pressure of the water revealed Mm. the leak Mm. And like Ben was talking about, uh, the pressure of a newborn baby at night or any kind of trial, uh, any kind of situation in her life, many times uh, if we don't respond in faith and consider it all joy like Ben was talking about, we can have bitterness, we can have anger, uh, we can have stress or worry or fretfulness or discouragement or despondency. And so many times what God is doing through trials is to help us see inside of us in our character in, in becoming like Jesus Christ what needs to change inside of us. Not the trial not, not, doesn't necessarily need to change. What, the, what needs to change is what's going on inside mm-hmm. of us. And when we look at it that way, uh, for instance, Paul in Philippians chapter 1 Uh, He had been put in prison unjustly. And he said when he wrote to the Philippians, he said, look, I don't want you to be discouraged. I don't want you to be downhearted. I don't want you to be frustrated. I don't want you to be angry by me being in prison unjustly. I'm preaching Christ, and that's why I'm in prison. But I don't want you to be upset inside about it. Because many people here in prison are hearing the gospel that would have not heard the gospel, and many of them are coming to Mm. salvation. So God's got a purpose for this trial that he's allowed, and so we can rejoice in it. Amen. Mm. We can rejoice in it, and that's where the joy is. Uh, What is God doing for the sake of others to know Christ, and what is God doing for the sake of me to become more like Christ? Those are the two things. If you keep just those two things in mind, it'll help you to rejoice in the Lord always in the midst of all your trials. It's going to help me become more like like Christ or it's going to help others to come to know Christ if I respond properly. All right, so let's go now to our next point. And this is trials and the Lord Jesus Christ. And Ben, we're going to start with you. Well, and a good segue into that. I mean, we see that the point is uh, the character of the Lord Jesus Christ and the whole life of Jesus Christ is filled with the trials and responding in a very unique way uh, from when, when he was uh, in the desert and he told the devil, uh, he, he quoted scripture to mm. the devil there, mm. right? Mm. Um, to not answering the Pharisees when they tried to pin him down to going to the the temple and having that righteous anger and getting rid of the people that were making a profit off of the gospel out of uh, the life of Jesus Christ there. So all these different ways that he responded were in accordance to how the Lord 
wanted, uh, excuse me, the Lord's relationship with the Father mm-hmm. and how they actually were in according to how he wanted to show what it meant to respond correctly, to grow in the faith, and also into just trusting God the Father during those times. Yeah, to illustrate what Ben's talking about, you know, Philip was preaching in Samaria. A great revival broke out, and many people were getting saved. We're talking about the Father's will here, Mm. Uh, keeping the Father's will central to a trial situation or to a challenging, why is God doing what he's doing situation? So God told, he spoke to Philip and he said, I want you to go to the backside of the desert. Leave this revival and go to the backside of the desert. So Philip, I'm sure in his own understanding, in his own mind, was trying to figure out, why does God want to leave this revival here and put me on the backside of the desert? Well, if you keep in mind the essence of joy in life is doing what Jesus said, uh, did, like Ben explained. He always did what pleased the Father. The essence of a trial is the Father's will mm-hmm. to get the blessing of it. I'll, I always want the Father's will to be accomplished. And as you guys know, when he got out there in the middle of the desert, God loved one man out there in that desert that needed to hear the gospel and he sent Philip out there to explain the gospel to him, and the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. And Philip got the joy of being in the Father's will, mm. whether it was a revival setting or a one-man setting. Amen. We just want to be in the Father's will. So that kind of illustrates what Ben was talking about. So Austin, tell us what your thoughts are. I think to look at the character of Jesus and how he encountered some of these trials, we often see traits of boldness and courage as he exhibited the evil and temptation. We look at when he encountered, like Ben mentioned, the the money changers in the temple. He was not passive when that trial arose. He took action in accordance with the Father's will. He set that thing, that situation straight. I think not always how we need to encounter trials with, with, you know, flipping over tables by any means in, in, in in that way, but when the time comes, God will God will show us how these trials need to be handled, right. and He will equip us mm. because He will be glorified, whether we like the trial as it comes at us or not. And mm. as has been mentioned, it's the Father's will, not ours. But yeah, that's Amen, Amen. So let me talk about the word patience before we move on to our next point here. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. And it talks about let patience have its perfect work in the trial. Uh, Patience is made up of two Greek words. The New Testament is written in Greek. And the word patience has two Greek words, hupa mane. Patience is the ability, hupa mane, to remain under, to remain under pressure without defeat, without anger, without bitterness, without irritation. And that can only happen by the grace of God within us. That can only happen by the Holy Spirit within us, the life of Jesus within us. You know, there's dross inside of us. As we've mentioned, there's things inside of us that character issues that needs to change. And dross, when uh, silver is heated up, the impurities that's in the silver come to the surface so they can be removed from the silver, 
so the silver can be more pure, mm-hmm. more pure silver. And that's God's purpose for trials inside of us, is for us to become more pure in our character of being like Jesus Christ. Because the more we become like Jesus Christ, the more joy and victory and peace we're going to have regardless of the trial. Mm. So patience in trials. Always think about how can I become more like Jesus Christ through this trial. Our trials don't make us what we are. Our trials reveal what we are. I am what I am, not because of what has happened to me, but because of how I respond to what has happened to me. The same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. So I'm either responding to a trial with bitterness or anger or irritation or responding with patience and faith in God that he's going to work it for good in my life to become like Christ or make Christ known to others. All right, Austin, what about faith and trials? Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. I'm just going to read this passage and then just talk a little bit about how it speaks to me and what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. I don't know about you guys or anyone listening here, but I like directions. Um, and this, these are directional words that we can associate with, with physical movement. Placing our trust when we encounter trials to, to first really trust in the Lord with all your heart and give the trial to the Lord and not lean on our own understanding. We think of leaning up on a fence as, as something that comes to mind and physically put your weight into a fence and our own understanding, it, it's a weak fence. It's, it's going to waver and it's going to fall, but we need to, to really trust in the Lord and allow Him to, to show us how to get through this trial and where we're going to grow through the trial. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. I think of a locomotive turntable. That's what comes to mind here. It, you, you're turning, you're turning, you're turning, and then you're on a path. Your way is made straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. When we feel fear the Lord and have an opportunity to turn away from evil, we are making a physical turn. We are in the path of evil. We are headed in that direction. And when we fear the Lord and make that directional shift, then we can turn away from evil and and shift that path. And this is a really encouraging portion of uh, Scripture here that we we can think about as we're in trials. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Mm -hmm. Trials can be physically exhausting. Mm -hmm. Trials can be, Mm -hmm. um, we think Mm -hmm. of, you know, the sleep deprivation that Ben was talking about. I've been through that too, and I'm sure if you're a parent or no one, mm-hmm. uh, you, you're aware of this. It, it's, a real, it's a real issue, and it causes stress in the marriage. It just causes stress when you have to go to work and do your job as a father. Mm. A lot of different things, but this is just really an encouraging verse that we can, it will be healing to your body and a refreshment to your bones. When we give our trial to, to the Lord and, and put our faith in God, it takes the weight off of us. It's just really, it's a really encouraging verse. I think we need to keep it the, the forefront of our minds as we encounter these things. Amen. Amen. You guys are speaking from your heart practically. You know, the living illustrations of 
It's a big challenge with trials, but we know God is able in the midst of it to work supernaturally. So now we want to talk about the sovereignty of God and trials, and Ben, will start with you on this, the sovereignty of God and trials. Amen. Yes, sir. So first thing I want to start out with, when we talk about the sovereignty of this and trials in general, believers and unbelievers both experience this, yet believers have a different perspective on it that actually helps them through it more than than an unbeliever. Because at any given point, like we were saying earlier, that the trials are going to happen. Um, And an unbeliever, a lot of times, will explain it off as, oh, I'm just unlucky, or, you know, why does this keep happening to me? And that actually feeds into their poor spirit, them responding incorrectly, and not receiving the blessing, the joy, and actually having the faith that they can put in the Lord Jesus Christ that actually will give them the right response to it. Mm. And that actually is something that you actually see as building up the kingdom when you actually are able to Mm. see this as God-ordained. It does provide you the strength. It gives you the right perspective to where your mind doesn't immediately wallow in self-pity because you know that all things work together for good, those that know and love God. And I think of it, too, as a person preparing for a race. When you have the perspective of this being ordained by the Lord from the beginning of time, knowing at this point this was going to happen, it's kind of like you preparing for a race and you don't start out by, you know, trying to go and run 20 miles or 10 miles, whatever the race may be. But you realize that there's some preparation involved here. You know that there has to be, you know, running shoes purchased, that you have to get up and you have to run some short miles. You, you might have to start eating and conditioning in the right way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that way you'll be ready for these times. And that's why the Lord brings things throughout our whole life. The things that start out, you know, small and more as we get older, we consider them inconveniences than a trial, but it's because we've grown through them. And now we realize that, you know, we have been tested time and time again, so we can be ready for what the Lord knew would happen a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And it all works together. It can't see the full picture, but if you are faithful to trusting the Lord in the small moments and the beginning trials, the bigger trials and the different trials will look and or you'll be able to have the right response to them. Mm. The resources, I should even say. Yeah. Amen. All right, Austin? I look at Ephesians 1, 9 through 11, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance have been predestined according to the purpose of him mm. who works all things mm. and according to the counsel of his will. One thing that sticks out there, the, the lack of presence of, of me or I, mm. all of these things are uh, in accordance uh, with the Father. They are all in place by the Father, and we need to, as we encounter trials, they can appear as mysteries when they when we first encounter them. The first deer in the headlights reaction I think we have is, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. But uh, it, this is an encouraging verse that everything that happens to us is for a reason, and God will be glorified in, in that trial, and we'll be strengthened if we turn to Him and put our faith in Christ. 
I won't talk about this too much, but this is God's will and God's sovereignty, I think, really, it, it comes into play with our, our political leaders and, and who God has put, in, not only in our country, but each of the countries in the world. I'd like to read Exodus three nineteen through 20. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. Mm. And after that, he will let you go. He directs the leaders. He has he puts people in place for a reason, even though we might not we might not like them, might not like the outcome of, of the decisions they make. God's plan is perfect and if we get all worked up because we don't like the guy in charge, uh, that's not the guy that we're serving. We're not serving the, the king or the president. We're serving God the Father. It's an encouragement to know that God is everything happens for, for his plan and his perfect will. I think a lot of us get get anxious about current events and what the next step is and what's what's going to happen in the next few years but especially as a young father it, it can be if we dwell on that what's the world our kids are going to have to live in hmm. i think that it sometimes not ignorantly we need to put that aside and trust god that he will uh he will get the glory just focus on our walk with the father instead of getting caught up in in these current mm-hmm. events that you know, we really, in most cases, we don't have any real control over. It's just a matter of toiling after wind and getting all uh, worked up for, for nothing. Um, it's important to focus on loving the Father, loving our family, and showing Christ in, in our day-to-day lives through our walk with Him. It's interesting here, too, that these trials, I think of it as it's not wasted. You know, the sovereignty here, because you're building character. You're building who the Lord meant you to be from the beginning here. And some of that is where you'll use that to work in other people's lives. You'll actually, you know, iron sharpening iron. You know, we've talked about how Austin and I have grown up together and really been able to bounce back and forth on some, you know, different things. And even in another way, you know, growing up, school was was really difficult for me. And, you know, Dad, you and, you and Mom can attest to that. Um, you know, I was, you know, something that it was hard to focus and hard to get the grades that, you know, some of my other siblings were getting and other people around me. But it was something that I had to work through, something that was difficult. And I don't know the full picture of why the Lord allowed me to go through that versus what other people would say was very easy to them. But what I do know is that In the last few years, Mm. I've had more conversations with other people who have struggled Mm. and or struggling in school, Mm. and I can identify with them. I can talk to them about some of the different things of, you know what, the grade isn't the goal. We're talking about the characters, the goal here. You know, an 80% or, you know, a B might be what the Lord has is your best. It's not always getting the A or getting that, um, you know, 100%. But rather, are you pleasing the Lord with you diligently preparing for, you know, the tests and and what have you? So that's just a small example here. It's, it's something that I would not have told you back in high school and middle school that <laughs> I, I appreciate it for these moments. But, you know, now being able to talk to some of these different people about it, I see that, you know what, if for no other reason... I struggled so that way some of these other people might be able to go through mm-hmm. with a better perspective or that the Lord's going to use in a in a way that I, I can't mm-hmm. uh, can't foresee it. Excellent, excellent fellas. So much practical help. I'd like to tie in here the whole idea that when God allows trials in our life, 
if we're not self-focused, there are powerful things that God can do in others' lives as they watch our response in our trials. For instance, Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in prison. That's a pretty intense trial. And that same night after being beaten and thrown in prison, this was in Philippi, uh, it says they sang to the Lord and worshipped him right after they had been beaten and thrown in prison. I mean, that seems like, you know, the least likely time you would feel like singing to the Lord. Mm. But in their spirit and in the innermost part of their being, they knew God had a purpose to advance his kingdom, as some of you guys mentioned, a purpose to glorify Christ. And so they praised and worshiped God in the midst of that. Well, the Philippian jailer was watching how these two men responded to this adversity of a trial they had just been through. And he cried out to uh, Paul and Silas and said, What must I do to be saved? So it led to a man's salvation and crying out to understand salvation. When he saw the worship they had, the praise they had, the thanksgiving they had, the trust they had in the midst of a very intense trial. One more thing I want to say is uh, Joseph, when his brothers Mm -hmm. sold him into slavery, Years and years and years went by, and God allowed Joseph to be the right hand of the Pharaoh, and God allowed Joseph to provide the food his family needed when the famine was in the land, and then Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, and they were restored back into a proper relationship with each other. And he said to his brothers, What you did when you did it to me, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So this is an illustration of how God can take even the evil that men are doing, even our brothers, you know, somebody in our own family might be doing against us, and he can work it for good. But one of the things I see here is how many years went by before Joseph saw the good? Right. See, <laughs> there were years that went by before the, the good came out of it. So patience, mm. patience, mm. patience in trials. Trust God. We, it may be eternity before we understand the good, mm. but God can be trusted. There's good in everything he allows. All right, let's move on now to faith and trials. And Austin, what do you want to say about faith and trials? Yeah, I, I think one thing that we need to uh, to consider is to not not forget our past trials. Our trials, as it's been mentioned, are there to to test us, but uh, that we can reflect on when new trials uh, pop up and, and crop up. We look at a verse that says, "Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon to test you, as though something strange were happening to you." We've been through trials. We, we know what's coming. We know the things that can happen and that can come out of trials. And it's just important to face trials with a conscious, by God's grace, boldness to be able to, to not ignore those trials and just let it slip away or, or uh, pretend that it's not there. I'm in a, a small group of, of young fathers that we, we meet every other Friday at a, 
a small diner in Greer, South Carolina here. And at 7 to 8 a.m. on Friday, every other Friday, we get together and we've been through a couple books, but we've been uh, mm. in uh, the last couple months, we've just been getting together and fellowshipping and talking about what we've been going through and what, you know, just think good, good and bad things that are happening in our lives and how we can pray for each other. It's a, a very important thing, I think, to to have a, a relationship and a group of at least one other father that you can talk with and confide in, because uh, let me tell you a little secret. there You are not the only one going through what you're going through yeah, as yeah. a trial. The, there have others are others that have been or are going through the same or different uh, trials. You can really sharpen each other uh, through that and, and strengthen each other's faith in the Lord. So one thing we talked about in that group is how to be strong fathers. And honestly, especially in this day and age, it is easy to be passive. This is a, a day and age where everything's a touch screen and we have a check mark or an X and we can ignore so many different things. It's often our natural reaction to be passive in trials. And just if we see something going awry, we'll just turn to something that makes us happy or or gives us joy, and then that trial we'll we'll deal with it. Cross that bridge when we get there, is a, a term often used. But we're called in First Corinthians sixteen thirteen through fourteen. We're called to stand fast in the faith. It says, "Watch, stand fast in the faith. Be mm-hmm. brave, be mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. Let all that you be do be done with love." Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't say, "Watch and." Just let the train go by and just ignore things. It doesn't say be cowardly or be weak. It, these are, are very purposeful and in, in that we need to face these things head on. I don't know if you listening have are married, have been married, or would like to be married, but loving is a purposeful thing. Uh, it, it takes a conscious decision to purposefully love. It doesn't often come naturally. I think that this is just all such a purposeful verse for us as as young fathers. And if you're not a father, if if you're a a young lady or a lady going through trials as well, we have to be purposeful with our decisions. Try not to to limit this to only thirty year old men fathers, but uh, we're we're all walking through different things in life. And uh, but yeah, God will provide. Our initial reaction is probably not the right one Mm. when we encounter a trial. I'm by trade a mechanic. I have my own business and I work on uh, European cars and I like to fix things. I like to problem solve and troubleshoot. Often when I have a trial pop up in life, I get, I open my toolbox in my head, in my head or my spirit and I Mm. pull out and try to try to fix it with my tools. Mm. Let me tell you something. It doesn't go out so hot. Usually Mm. it it usually doesn't work out in my favor. Mm. It's, our fleshly reaction is to just do what we think is right immediately. I think an important thing to, to fall back on is when we have a trial, we need to talk to the Father. Mm-hmm. As as believers, we have an open an open line to pray and, and commune with the Father anytime. Mm-hmm. Just to lift those trials up, give Him glory as we as we have things uh, in our life appear. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I have to say about that. But that's I would good. just I would that's just good. encourage you to, yeah. to think about mm-hmm. those things. The verse that comes to my mind that speaks to what Austin just shared is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart Mm. and lean not on your own understanding. Don't try to respond to the trial in your own understanding. What's going to happen is you'll react to the trial 
mm. instead of responding mm. to the trial. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways in the midst of the trial, acknowledge God. Acknowledge His Word. Acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Let this mind be in you at that moment, which is also in Christ Jesus, mm. and then you'll be able to respond with meekness, with love, with lowliness, with peace in your spirit instead of a troubled spirit because you're not leaning on your own understanding, but you're relying on the supernatural enabling of God within you through Jesus Christ. So Ben, talk to us about God's ways and trials. Yeah, and we... We were discussing this, and we were. You got to think about the Lord's ministry and why He came here. Multiple times, He talked about a specific direction. Uh, didn't you know I was to be about my father's business when he was a younger uh, lad, and I must needs go through Samaria? And we, you know, heard you know through uh, different sermons. Have let's look out. Why are these specific points in His life called out? And and it's about the relationship here. Uh, he's doing it God's way. It wasn't to man's understanding. It wasn't to the the masses. You know, obviously he could have had a bigger ministry, like by doing it where there's a lot of people. But he did very specific things for intentional reasons. And those moments are trials. You know that you have to choose to go the Lord's way to actually respond. As Austin just said, mm. uh, don't mm. use your toolbox and try to fix it yourself or mm. do your own understanding, but really mm. be in communication with the Father to know what His will is. And I'll just kind of sum that up with a quick example that I remember specifically in my life um, playing baseball. I was about 12 or 13, been playing baseball for a few years, and this particular year I played baseball, was what I would consider or what most people would consider the hardest or worst baseball year that you could have because we didn't win a single game. <laughs> we, uh, we had a really, you know, one of those teams that wasn't able to have all the puzzle pieces that we needed. But in that year, it will always stand out in my mind as being one of the most fulfilling baseball years that I've had. And it all went back to the coach reminded us why we're there he took me and a few others aside and he said hey you guys are probably better than the average on the team here and you know i can tell you right now we're going to struggle you know and but let's not lose focus here why are we here today you know there's going to be a lot of opportunity for us to find joy uh to encourage teammates to to make it fun and and otherwise there's a lot of other points there that you know can't go into right now but the idea here is that he helped us to focus and remind us that right now, it's not going to be about winning or losing. It's not going to be about having the best team, but rather, let's do this for the right reasons. We're actually out here to fulfill the God-given abilities and talents where we're at. And that's stuck with me throughout all sports and all all different ramifications of, you know what, let's get the real reason. Why are we here? It's not necessarily for what the world would say this exactly but rather, you know, he has uh, another reason or, or you know, an all more spiritual uh, reason here at that time. Amen. Amen. So I asked Austin and Ben, out of all their experiences in life, was there a experience or some experiences that stood out that they had learned the most from? 
And Austin began to talk about what happened to a house he was renting. <laughs> so <laughs> it's quite quite a story, quite a testimony of what God can do in the midst of a trial. But it wasn't easy, was it, Austin? It wasn't in the in the heat of the moment, but God God provided certainly. So, just a little backstory. My wife and I have been married for going on uh, seven years. We married in 2017 in May, and. Uh, she, I was renting a house in downtown Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. It was a really cute little house, right, you know, walking distance from everything. And I lived there by myself for a few months before we got married. And when we got married, I she moved in, and we had a, a great little spot there. It was just very, very comfortable, and we were. It was a good starter house for us to, you know, to be in. We were renting, of course, so. At that time, it was hard for us to be able to afford a, a house, even though the, the housing market at that time was still what we could now consider very affordable. So all that said, a few months went by, and I believe it was sometime in either late July or early August. Um, we were sound asleep, middle of the night, and all of a sudden, you know, the house shook, and it was just the loudest bang you could possibly imagine. And uh, we both popped up, and <laughs> Stephanie's first reaction was that we missed the rapture. That <laughs> we're, we're still in traveler's rest. Something's wrong. So, um, <clears throat> but I, I said, okay, well, let's let's just see what's going on here. I, I think a car hit our house is what I, I felt like what happened. So, I walked out into the living room and opened up the front door to just see, see what was going on. As I walked out in the living room, the dining room table had been blown off the wall, and there was drywall missing on that front wall. I opened up the door, and there was a Chevy Silverado set sideways on our porch running with the lights on. Mm. No no driver to be found. Mm. So lo and behold, there had been a high-speed police chase that had come down 25, Highway 25 and ended on our porch. But thank the Lord, he turned that truck in such a way that it hit our house sideways as opposed to coming straight through our mm-hmm. house. It, I probably wouldn't be here having this conversation today if that mm-hmm. truck hadn't been turned. So, mm-hmm. But all that said, that was a trial. We'd been married for just a couple months. The house was still in a livable condition, but it was just not right. And after you have something that large happen to a, you know, the place where you feel safe, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel safe anymore. And so we were able to negotiate way out of our lease with our uh rental company. So that put us in a position where we needed to find somewhere else to live because we just didn't want to be in that place anymore. Mm -hmm. And we just started praying for for the Lord to bring the right house along. So this happened early August and we started shopping hard for houses and the Lord showed us a couple houses that weren't the right, weren't the right fit. They just weren't the best area or weren't the right size. And, but at this time, Beggars can't be choosers. We were trying to find something to some place to live in and, and make our home. So he provided the the house that we currently live in. It was the the perfect size and the perfect place for us to stay at, stay in for many many years. He provided all the the finances to make make all that happen. We closed on that house. I believe it was October thirty first. Mm-hmm. So from you know close to within two months of our house being hit we were moved into a new house that we're able to own mm-hmm. so all that said you just have to talk to the father instead of trying to uh, mm-hmm. figure out everything on our on our own understanding and mm-hmm. when that happened that night just prayed as the trucks on our porch and every all the police and the dogs are out looking for the driver in our yard mm-hmm. we, we just you know, have to give it to the father and uh, he had that truck hit our house for a reason we're thankful to be in a position that we are now in the time when the truck is on your porch 
uh, as it were. Um, you know, don't lose heart and and trust the Father because He does have a plan um, in the end. So yeah, Amen. It makes me think of Job. Uh, on the other side of this equation, uh, that's a wonderful right. testimony. What we know God can do and what God does do. But remember how Job, in his trial, he said, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Mm-hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So there may be those that are listening and say, Well, I had a calamity that happened and, uh, you know, it didn't work out like Austin explained. That doesn't mean God was not working in that trial. We've already mentioned it may be eternity mm. before you understand the good and understand the supernatural workings of God. So uh, it doesn't have to be something that we can understand immediately or even in this life. It, it goes back to can we trust that God loves us perfectly and he works everything together for good, no matter if we understand it or see it immediately or in this lifetime. One more thing I'd like to mention real quick, just going back to Ben's example, he was talking about baseball. As I mentioned, we were often on the diff- on different teams, and I remember well, just to speak to the testimony of his uh, of, of God's provision and giving him grace and, and a, a positive attitude, I remember well, I think that year, my team was one of the better teams in the division, and it was you know the stacked team. You know, I remember Ben's attitude was just that of we're going to do our best and we're going to be joyful and we're going to make the most of it. And I was just thinking back, I remember that even even before he mentioned it, I, I know he's always had, by God's grace, that, that attitude of, uh, of finding joy even in the, the sorrow. Mm. So Amen. just want to note that. Amen. All right, Ben, close this up. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, hope I haven't bored everyone out there with all the examples I'm giving uh I really feel like that's uh, an impact. It's always been one for me when I've been listening to different people because the three of us and anyone who's listening out there are going through these trials. And obviously they're not going to marry up one for one, but there's going to be elements of it that you might be able to relate to. And I just want to share this last one that as you're talking about the trials, that when I first got married and or um, was preparing to be married, um, a lot of people mentioned to me about make sure you know how to communicate or communicate often with your wife. At that present time, I thought I knew what they were talking about. I'm a pretty good communicator. I know how to talk. Um, But it went much deeper than that. And that's something that there's a difference between talking, but also communicating. Mm. And there's uh, just been one of those things to where there's going to be things in your marriage that uh, are trials. And some of them are hard and some of them are simple. But to have poor communication through some of those uh, circumstances because it's difficult or maybe because it's embarrassing, um, maybe because uh, it's uh, just something that you don't agree on, you're going to lose out on different aspects of the relationship of, of your actual marriage there and rather take the steps that are necessary to fulfill the trial as we've talked about the way that the Lord would have you to be able to grow through it rather than be stagnant and to really maybe let something slide that shouldn't. And that really has just come across to me very, very evidently through the marriage process. And I appreciate the many people who have talked to me and really mentored me on that aspect of just communication 
and when it really relates to on the trials is there are some difficult things that you, excuse me, that I have faced and that you guys may have faced as well. Without the trying of our faith, even I would not be in the same spot today. Mm. Um, and there's, there's just so many points of it that the Lord orchestrated to give us the strength and enabling to get through some of them that we wouldn't have had otherwise. And I'm so thankful for that. And honestly, why each of us knowing how to respond to trials is important to us is because we don't know what tomorrow faces and what we'll actually need for tomorrow, but the Lord does. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Our Father, thank you for Austin and Ben joining today and sharing from their heart practical illustrations of trials in their life and not always responding perfectly, but responding with humility and meekness to learn from the trial how to become more like Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for bringing us together, and I pray that everybody who listens to this podcast, Lord, may the Holy Spirit speak to every person so they can have your son's wisdom, your son's mind, your son's understanding to respond to their trials and not respond with human understanding, but with the supernatural understanding that only the Holy Spirit can give to us through your son's life. So we commit this to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.